Hi folks, welcome back to Reload Podcast. I'm Nigel Lamont. And I'm Connor McCann. And we're bringing you another fresh episode. It's a Saturday afternoon and we're sitting in the Reload Bunker recording a podcast. We're sheltering from Storm Dennis. I'm in a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, I don't take it too serious. No, no. Hardcore, Connor. Hardcore. No shorts. I'm disappointed. No, I was going to, but I thought it was just a bit too much. So, start of the week, we're dodging Storm Kira. Yeah. Now we're on the old Dennis. Dennis the Menace. Yeah. yeah. So, good luck to anybody that's flying today. I think they're actually getting worse now that they've started naming them. Now, Kira, was she angrier than Dennis? Like a typical woman? No. I don't know. It depends if she got anything for Valentine's or not. Mm. It's a week of love, Connor. Anything interesting happened this week? No. Mm. On the love front or the car front? No, let's start with the love front. No, because Lee works away and I'm on my own. <laughs> <laughs> a lonely life. A lonely, a lonely life. life for two of us. Well, I bought my wife roses for the first time in probably 20 years. That's a sore topic, flowers with Lee and I. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, um, I'm not the romantic type. I'm more about the practical gifts. Oh, <laughs> details, Connor. No, you don't want details of my practical gifts. Let's not get this uh, podcast R-rated just yet, or X-rated just yet. <laughs> Definitely not. So, so we have quite a bit to cover here. So today's episode, we're going to cover a bit about automotive news, a history of BBS, and follow up with some questions from the listeners. Sounds good. Yep. Excellent. So we'll jump into the news then. Well, actually, just before we do, we have a few follow-ups from the last episode. On the last episode, we actually spoke about the hassle they were having now with MOT centers. They were having cracks found through the ramps. Yeah. And yeah, yeah so everyone's trying to blame each other. Nobody knows what's going on. And luck would have it that I happened to meet a guy who actually works in the DVA. Um, I was out for a meal for a friend's birthday. Good chatting to a couple. Happened to ask a guy, what do you do? And he says, I work for the DVA. You're of course. You perked up immediately. Yep. I was just like, oh, really? I like haven't had an MOT in five years. Like, Can I, you help me out? <laughs> I don't I don't co-host a podcast about cars. Could you? <laughs> Any inside information here? So from what I gathered from him, who will remain nameless. Mr. X, we'll call Mr. him. Mr. X, yes. Not DMX. Or Mr. M after MOT. We'll Mr. Call M, yes. Mr. M. Mr. M says that the same problem has been had all over Europe with these ramps. And so not only is it, it's not just confined to Northern Ireland, but... That's going to put pressure on replacing the ramps that need to be replaced here because obviously it's a continental wide thing. Yeah, Lee mentioned about the ramps in the Republic. Yeah. The and then I, I think I mentioned the last time, but Maha were making a statement about it or something, the manufacturers of the lifts. And what are they saying now? That well, I, I heard they were going to make a statement, but I didn't actually hear the statement. No, I haven't heard anything myself about it. I think it'll, it'll, be come, out, worded. it'll come out eventually that it'll be do, to do with the steel that's been used. Yeah, or else what they'll say is that the proper maintenance wasn't adhered to. Mm, government, I don't know if that would be. Well, if they haven't been doing their lift checks weekly, yeah, right. they haven't. They would have picked up on it by now. Mahal turn around and say, "Well, you've let this run on." Yeah, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what way that comes out. But as you know, the government nothing sticks. No Teflon, Teflon. Yeah. Yep. So that's going to be interesting to follow that up. You actually had a bit of problem with yourself not regarding the ramps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, as I said in previous podcasts, I'm going to bring McCrado back out again this year for show, show season. And I booked MOT a couple of weeks ago. I happened to go online just to see if I could get a date brought forward because the system allows you to, you know, bring a date forward if you want, uh-huh. if, if there's a gap or whatever. Yeah, you could rebook it again for an earlier date. Went to check and there it says your appointment has been cancelled. And I just thought, oh, they uh, must have uh, cancelled load of MOTs or whatever. Yeah. And then I just thought, hold on, I didn't get an email, a letter, anything. Yeah, it was just chance that you happened to... So I phoned, I phoned up, very helpful, in the help desk, and 
write your priority case. Where would you like to be tested? I says Newton Arge, that's the closest MLT centre. I then got forward to the grumpiest man I've ever spoken to on a phone. Yeah. And he proceeded to tell me it was all my fault. It's nothing to do with him. I would have to reapply. To which I replied, your system is broken just like your ramps. Aye, that made him extra grumpy. Yeah, he should have told him it was broken just like his face shortly. So when I do get, I uh, uh, got another date put through, but uh, I would say it'll be on the lookout for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's probably a, bollocks there. There's a marker against your car not to pass. <laughs> Strap a few fibers to the shocks. I think so. Break them out. Yes, and another follow-up then we had was one of the listeners, Craney, Aaron Craney, a friend of ours, had went Ultimate Dubs years, like 2009 it would have been with us. And he said, listening back to the stories about the shows brought a whole lot back to him. So he said, listening to the podcast, Unreal, brought back the first UD trip in the polo. I had to sit in the front because the arches scraped when I was in the back. And Sharky had to use his shoe as a pillow because he was hunched up with all the luggage. <laughs> so basically there was three of us crammed into a 6N polo. The two guys were supposed to swap front to back periodically so they could take turns. Craney was too heavy. The arches were sitting on the tires and it just rubbed and rubbed. So poor Sharky was the whole way in the back. And was that painful? He had to put a shoe between his back and the seat for pain relief. <laughs> you know what I got visions of there? You know the introduction and the start of... Beverly Hillbillies. Yes. Them all in the... <laughs> all crammed into it, yeah. <laughs> That's what I seen when you... That's what it was like. We filled with petrol. We had all the gear in. Sound system. Three of us. It was like my first kind of big show across the water. And we were going down the motorway. So it was fairly smooth roads. And all you could hear was... I was like, oh no. That doesn't sound good. Yeah, that was the tires on the arches. Lovely. So they scrubbed in and it was fine after a while. But no, there was there was no swapping about for those guys. Per Sharky had a sore back with that trip. Mm, nice. News, 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 news. Reload news. So it would appear there that we have some music for our news now, Here. courtesy of Nigel himself. That sounds professional as hell. Yeah, whether that'll stay or not will remain the scene, but no. we'll, we'll have a look vote and now, see. Vote now. <laughs> we'll put up an Instagram vote for that one. Yeah, so I'm, I'm high on Monster Energy. That's all I can say. Yes, absolute sugar rush. Although yeah. that, that stuff, I zero actually, sugar, zero sugar. God knows what's caffeine, caffeine and sheep testicles or something. Cocaine. Cocaine. Yep. Well, get you tested <laughs> um, for sheep testicles, not the cocaine. Well, I grew up on a sheep farm, so you know. That's it. Old habit. Uh, old habits die hard. Yeah, yeah. Say that quickly ten times. <laughs> <laughs> So it's usually yourself then that's leading in with the, the YouTube stuff, and this uh, week it's actually myself. Yeah, I had a quiet week. Um, I, was, I actually fell into a Netflix hole. YouTube got a back burner this week. Yeah, I've seen nothing this last while, and I'm starting to catch up on a whole lot of stuff now. And Plenty out there. Yeah, one of the big ones for me is Project Binky. I think it touched on it in the last episode. Two English guys building a classic mini, and they've basically gutted it. And they're now installing a Celica GT4 running gear and drivetrain. This has been a project that's been running for years now. And the detail and the work, it's a real nerdy, you know, if you want to know how to build something, you watch this, these guys are going to show you. Yeah, It's nothing flashy, it's nothing new, it's just pretty much just good engineering by two guys essentially in a shed. Now as they've went on, they've got sponsored by stuff, they've got better tools, but... Where, where are they based now? They're based in England. England. Yeah. And it's a good bit of... It's actually... Have you watched it, have you? Is that the mini guys? It is, yeah. Ah, yeah. It's actually quite They're funny. really in, in detail, like... Yeah. Two really good fabricators. Two absolute car nuts as well. The way it's going... Now, I think it's all for paint now, but they've started doing the plating. 
So they're plating the bolts, they're stripping down the diff, rebuilt the diff, powder coated everything. So it's starting to come to fruitation. I've kind of jumped on the bandwagon at the end. Yeah. Last year I Best way. <laughs> yeah, so I haven't had five years of investment like, the way everyone it's else like being has. A, being a Netflix account, just watch it all in one Yep, Ben's watch it. So I'm sort of going, oh, where's the next episode? And people have been waiting like years on this, so I can't really say I very much. They drop long episodes every month or two. They don't, they're not weekly uploaders? No. Not the, way um, the way they run it, I think the last episode is maybe 45 minutes. But even even producing something like that takes quite a while yeah, too. Yeah, but it must be crazy. Say if you're adding something for film, it's usually three or four times. The length of what's recorded. I wouldn't so, be surprised. Yeah. But no, it's it's such a good series and it's good to see them pushing on with it. I just can't. It's going to be a sort of thing that once it's done, it's like, what do we do now? It's good, ca- good catch up. I get alerts for YouTube and it comes up and it's like, oh, new Project Binky and it doesn't matter what I'm doing. It's just down to stop. I'm going to watch this. Doesn't matter what you're doing, Connor. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing matters. <laughs> Nothing gets in the way. Some more TV related stuff. Last time Lee and I had spoke about watching Long Way Around with yep. Ewan McGregor and Charlie Excellent Borman. Program, yep. We actually, Lee got the DVD and watched Long Way Down, which was them running from John O'Groats in Scotland down to Cape Town in South Africa. And I actually, I'd definitely seen Long Way Around. I'm not actually sure I had seen Long Way Down originally because a lot of it was very fresh to me. Yeah. But such a trip which which did they do first long way down or long way around long way around so they done the they done like mongolia yeah. through russia everything it's first mental. yeah and then this one yun's wife got her motorcycle test and then joined them halfway on the trip which was kind of a weird dynamic for me because i kind of thought this is these two guys trips why why is she coming in on it you got a yoko bono yeah vibe that's, offer. that's it and you could tell that charlie wasn't impressed and he met a few jibes about it and things like that. And mm. you're like, it's just a strange thing. It's funny it didn't happen again after that, isn't it? Yeah. I think that sort of... Yeah, once that was it, it was just sort of... Well, they're actually divorced now, so maybe that was something <laughs> to do with it. <laughs> there was one of them, I remember, I haven't watched it in years, obviously. Um, I remember them sitting in the office planning it. And it was... Was it BMW was meant to supply the bikes or Husqvarna? Don't know which one it was. It was KTM. And then at the last minute they just said no. Yeah, they pulled the deal. KTM were originally supposed to sponsor them for the bikes. Pulled the deal maybe, I can't remember if it was like weeks maybe before it. Yeah. And suddenly they're left with no bikes to do this world round trip. They probably got the details of the trip and just go, if our bikes break down. Yeah. We have everything to lose. What they said was that they reckoned the two guys couldn't do it. But what I reckon is they reckoned their bikes couldn't do it. Because BMW did it now. Fair enough, the frames broke, they welded them back together. You know, the shocks broke, they put a new shock in it, but those bikes kept going. And they used BMWs again for down to Cape Town, and they just keep on trucking, yeah. like it's, which is testament to them. Did BMW some, give them technical support? No. No, they no. had... They probably shipped out parts when they needed them. Originally, what they did was they took them into their garage and showed them how to rebuild, like top-end rebuilds in the engines, remove the shocks, remove the wheels... But those guys were on their own. They kind of found like local, like just in those poorer countries, everybody can fix everything uh, essentially. So like they, Cuba. Yeah, that was it. They just, you have to repair because you can't get new. Yeah. And it just, they find people to do it. But no, they had spurs and stuff and they had backup support vehicles, but they were the mechanics, you know, it was them on their own. It's the sort of thing you're watching it and it makes you want to do a road trip. Yeah. Yeah, you're just like, I remember Lee doing Route 66 with her mom and her sister two years ago, I think it was, two and a half. It's something I would love to do. So gets the cogs turned and that's it again. yeah it makes you makes you think you're like what, what could i do what what i want to do yeah. and you think i drive a lot of ship boxes and probably break down <laughs> <laughs> probably i get the, i get the end of the road and then turn back exactly <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't do 30 miles in some of my stuff get over a bumpy better road and you're something scraping all over the shop so you were actually up to a few things over the the week weren't you there some yeah, interesting stuff in um, scotland 
yes, you know, some uh, some of you may know him, uh, one of the organisers of the Dub Shed. And so this year we're trying to get a more personal um, approach on the build-up to Dub Shed. So we're doing videos of people that come to the show and their prep as such. We're doing a few local people and we decided to fly out to Scotland to do a quick few videos for people. There's actually quite a few people that come from Scotland to yeah. Dubshed, so it's uh, good to see a bit dri- of the... Driving-wise, there's probably 20 to 30 cars come over. Yeah. And I don't know how many people fly. I would say a brave people. Yeah, brave but it's good to get an insight into what they're building as well. Yeah, yeah. So we flew out on Tuesday morning there. Didn't go as planned. No, a few weather issues. Yeah, uh, as I mentioned at the start there, it's storm season, and Storm Kira had our way with us on Tuesday. You? It had just passed... We're on the edge of the storm. Our flight was due to leave at 20 past 8. Arrived at the airport, no problem. 10 minutes delay on the flight, okay. Got onto the plane, sat down. 10 minutes we're sitting there, nothing was happening. Captain came on, we're de icing the plane. We're third in the queue, takes 10 minutes of the plane. So that was half an hour. Was after we got de iced, we sat for another 10 or 15 minutes. Just let it refreeze again. I happened to be sitting right beside the wing and I just went, mm, that doesn't look so de iced anymore. No. We started the taxi, got to near the end of the runway to turn to take off. Co-pilot comes out, looks at the wing. Pilot comes out, looks at the wing, and they just went, nope, back to the terminal. Probably not a bad decision. So back to the terminal, waited to be de-iced again, got de-iced. Next thing, bing bong, Alder Grove Airport is now shut. So we were sitting in the plane two hours before we took off. Took off then, instead of quarter past eight, quarter past ten. That's two hours of our... Filament time. Filament time gone. Yep. Flew off into the clouds we went bit of a roller coaster dropped a few thousand feet here and there that's a hurry moment when that happens landed got our hire car got upgraded free of charge to our mercedes c-class from an astra so that's thanks very much avis <laughs> drove out of the avis rental place bonnet sensor light was on opened and closed the bonnet a few times couldn't get it to go out in my head i'm going we have less and less times this goes on i can't drive the whole way here with a sensor light on yeah we drove into the, the avis hire place again the boy just absolutely slammed the bonnet down. Fixed. Oh, perfect. Off we went. Fourth Road Bridge. We're heading to Fife. Fourth Road Bridge was closed. Mm-hmm. Added an hour delay because we had to go way round. Mm-hmm. Got over to the place we're going to, the couple of places we're going to. Um, filmed. Had a great time catching up with folks. Delaying the way back to the, because of the Fourth Road Bridge again. Got to the terminal. Plane was delayed for a further hour. Technical problems with the plane. We're meant to take off quarter to seven. Didn't take off to quarter past eight. As soon as we got on the plane, sat down. The pilot just says, right, put a turbulence, seatbelts on the whole way. Boot down. A fun journey home. So it was a long day, basically. Can you talk about what you were filming with? Yeah. Um, went over to Fife and caught up with a couple of guys that have been coming to Dubshed for five plus years. One of them was Carl Robinson. Um, he's well known in the VW scene for just epic builds. Yeah, ridiculous things. Uh, he had a Mark 7R, one of the best in the country there a couple of years the ago. white one. Yeah, he had an RS4, fully tricked out. This is previous cars. He's just actually sold it. Last year he sold his Green Mark 4. Green Mark 4, they built in basically two months. Yeah. Was for Edition 38. A previous show car and he just turned it around to his yeah. own touch. He had a Mark 1 TT. He currently has a Corrado that he's completely stripped yeah, it's a and he's, shell, and he's it? putting a 24 valve engine in it, um, air, and a nice set of rear wheels. I'll not say what they are because it's all about QT and the colours, just typical car as well, I'd ah, say. That'll no, be nice. Nothing's plain with no, car. The man likes to make a statement. His daily driver such is a 720 brake RS6. Yep. That thing's uh, an animal. Yeah, I soon learnt that. What colour is it? 
bright yellow. Yeah, so it's subtle. Um, he got it wrapped bright yellow. It's originally red. It's a Northern Ireland car. Kyle Jackson showed it. Kyle. Um, yeah. it's his old car. Car bought it off him. MRC breathed on that, didn't they? Yeah, I think it's stage two. I think that's what it is. Anyway, I can't remember where the mods were done to it, but I had to go to another workshop to do a bit of filming. And as we're walking out, Carl throws me a keys and says, "Drive us back." Lovely. He stuck it in the full dynamic mode, and uh, off I went. And I soon discovered that quattro doesn't mean you're. Always grip. Always gripping. Yeah. It's just, you know me, I've had a few quick cars in my time. Yeah, yeah. Including Even an, R- an RS6. Including an RS6 and it was stage one. Um, This is just a whole different level of crazy. Now, it was three degrees and it was wet, but this car, the, the kick down is just savage. Yeah. The gears. i seen a video of you driving it, the market put up. Yeah. And what's the needle during the kick down? And it's like someone snapped it. Yeah. It's crazy. And it, it actually unsettles the car. It's that severe. Right. It must be some transmission to, to co- hold that power. Because that's... It's like a thousand meters of torque or something crazy. crazy. Or th- just Absolutely over a thousand. crazy. Apparently when you do tune them like that, I think it's the drive shafts give a bit of issue just. Okay, yeah. Dri- the actual transmission holds out. I'd rather have drive shaft problems and gearbox problems. It'll be a lot cheaper. Yeah, yeah. But no, I drove it and I didn't... I give it full throttle once and the car just went sideways. I just went, I don't want to pay for this. Yeah, that'd be a nice bill. Yeah. It? I give it 75% and I didn't know where police were so I just didn't Yeah, bit uh, it too much. I was kind of wondering that. I was looking at it going up uh, some crack to see this on video and I was getting pulled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely missing William. Yeah. <laughs> he said it'd be an exciting reason. Because the speeds that thing can do in short period of time are just unreal. Yeah. You it's, probably, it, for your average person driving it, if you're not used to them, probably catch out as well. You know, you wouldn't realise how quick you are actually driving. I just turned to Carl and I said, this is a licence loser. There's nothing... That can sit with this. And he dailies it. Yeah, unreal. <laughs> um, Balls of Seen a couple of other guys there. There was Faze. Um, he has a lovely A7. Air suspension. Wheels. Just tricked out. And then his girlfriend, Cara. She's actually respraying an RS Q3. Oh, very nice. Uh, that's basically a TT RS engine. Yeah. Uh, crazy, crazy car. She's bringing it over too. Also, while we're there, Craig Robbins happened to call around. He actually works around the corner from the place we're at. Um, I was chatting to him. He, he's one of the guys that runs Keep It Clean show in Edinburgh every year, the show we've both been to. Yeah, we talked about it in the last uh, episode. He's coming over too, so I was chatting to him. He has just recently uh, bought a Mark 7R. He has a set of GTs, I think, on it, and he has full 3P air ride on it. Beautiful car. He actually didn't have it with him, but he's coming over as well, he was saying. Um, yeah, so good day out. Very good. Next up, with a shout-out to all our Baton Rouge listeners. I'm sure there's a whole one or two out there, possibly none. Um, we see you out there, you know, eating shrimp, committing <laughs> vehicular homicide. Their local police department posted on their Facebook that there's a crash with an Audi F4. Yeah, I've seen this. Came off the road, into a ditch, somehow ripped its engine out, out through the front end, travelled, looked to be a few hundred feet. It's got to be a cotton shot. I don't know. A few hundred feet. Across the gardens and straight through someone's fucking living room door. Like, the guy was injured, wasn't he? Yeah, it, it injured someone in the house. They weren't killed, which was impressive considering you have 200 kilos of engine flying yeah. at you. God knows what speed it was doing. But yeah, that was a, an interesting one. The fact that it actually hit the front door and couldn't clean through it and not through the wall was impressive too. You would definitely get a queer shock. I said before, it's one of the few times you'd want an engine to knock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so I've, I don't think I've actually ever seen anything like that. For it didn't look like an overly bad crash. You see it in motorsports, yeah, or something that's high speed supercar crashes. Maybe this thing looked like it went off the road into a ditch, and suddenly somebody threw the engine out of it. Enough, yep, Whee! gone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was that was definitely a strange one. And lastly, for myself, then. I don't know if you've watched this before, but there's a crowd I follow on Facebook called Van Thul Developments. They're a Dutch crowd. They're actually building a Porsche Boxster sheeting brake. So they've took a Boxster, made a roof line, new windows, back glass, tailgate. And this thing's been on for a few months now. And they finally have the body finished, primered and painted. You were showing me pictures of it. It just looks unreal. Yeah. I, if I was in Porsche, I'd be looking at this going, why aren't we building this? Yeah. There's a few people now have a few comments about Oh, the window lines and all the color and things like that. But for doesn't me, matter it, the concept of it. It's just unreal. Maybe maybe because I'm not a Porsche guy, but it just looks so good. Yeah. It looks right. Yeah. Which for coach builders to build something like that or a concept car can be a bit hit and miss. But yeah. for me, it just looks perfect. Well, definitely, we'll post a few pictures of that on the Instagram page after. Absolutely. Also in the news this week, well, not not news to us anyway. I did catch a bit of YouTube, I suppose, a light a wee bit at the start. Um, one of my favorite YouTube channels, um, Cletus McFarland. He has recently just bought a racetrack. That's impressive. It just shows you the backing or the finances that YouTubers in America have. Yeah, he's made his career on YouTube. Yeah, he's he's brilliant to watch. His content's fantastic. It's realistic stuff. Yeah, um, it's relatable. It's all. It's mostly American cars and building of the engines and stuff. There you go. He he was doing clays and cars events three or four year, and I think he still will do them. But he's bought a oval track. And he's going to start doing events at it. So the last few videos have been him buying it and you know starting to. I was involved in the run. It looks like it's a rundown track. It's not too far from his actual workshop or house, Uh but it just looks. So he's going to try and redevelop it. Yeah, essentially, yes, and have events at it. And good luck to him. he seems like a nice guy. Doesn't seem up with himself and. His content's brilliant, so long may it continue. That can only be good because the amount of tracks, especially here, that are closing down, you know, you're having problems with locals. Yeah. Anyone developing new tracks or bringing back old tracks, fair play to them. Yeah. I was looking at, at the actual track on a map, and it seems to be a fair distance away from local residents. So yeah, you shouldn't have too much problem yeah, then. Yeah, you'd like to think so. Well, that wraps up the news then, does it? Yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on to our main meat and veg here then. Okay, Connor, what do you think of, when it, if I was to say to you, the VW scene. VW scene? Yeah. Let's let's get into your mind. Skinny jeans, probably not reaching a pair of shoes. Exposed ankles. Vaping. Vaping. Tattoos. <laughs> Air ride. Big egos. Big egos. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and probably BBSs. BBS. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about BBS. So, I'm sure you've had a set of BBS in your time, Connor. Yeah, actually. I've only ever had one set. It's on the Mark III currently. What are they? I didn't go down the traditional route of buying RSs or LMs. I have RC 041s and 042s. BMW wheels? Yeah, off the 3 Series. I think it came on a 328i Sport, yeah. They're two-piece wheels, centre removes, like an LM, leaves the the barrels and the dishes. And they're originally rear-mounted. I face-mounted them, had them machined down a bit to do that. Painted the centres and transformed the wheels. But no, I, I love them. Actually, consider buying a set of RSs after trying mats on the car. Yeah. And for the price difference for me on them, it doesn't make a big difference to the car that it would warrant yeah. the extra money on them. Yeah. I had bought them as a, a cheap way to get into it and was like, actually really like these. 
RS would probably be the most iconic wheel BBS ever made, really. Probably, yeah, and probably one of the most iconic wheels in the world. Yeah. If you're in the mm-hmm. car scene at all, they've came on everything. I've had a few set of BBSs myself. Yeah, you, um, you've had a lot. <laughs> I've probably had four or five sets of RMs, and I've always wanted an RS, a set of RSs, and never been able to afford them. And eventually, buying and selling RMs, I've actually got two sets of RSs now. One set of 15s from Mark 1. Yeah. And I've got a set of sixteens now that I'm gonna put in my edition one. Very nice. Eventually. You originally built those for the Corrado, wasn't it? Or had them on the Corrado at one point? No. Here that was another set I had. There you go. Uh yeah, I had uh, yeah. I had sixteen RSs on the Corrado. Sold them for those Ed Pegasus. I've had various sets of RMs and just recently RSs. I've had CHs on Mark Fives. Yeah, the single piece motorsport wheel. Yeah, yeah, just cast wheel. What else have I had? Hard to think. You get this age coming, this is what happens. That's it. You have your 18s for the Corrado at the minute. Your RCs. 17s. 17s, sorry. 17s. Which are Mark Mark 4 anniversary wheels. Mark 4 anniversary. They're 17s. Hope they're 17s. Because I've got 17 in stars. Well, that would be good for fitting. (laughs) Yeah, they're 17s. Are they 17s? They have to be 17s. This could be the point live where Nigel realizes that he is fucked up. It's all right if they're 18s, then go big or go home. Oh, well, there you go. Just (laughs) go get new tires. Yeah, I think they're 17s. I just, as I was saying before, I'm going for the um, OEM look, I think, this year. Oh, they're they're currently getting refurbed, so I'll get them back hopefully this week and stick some tires on them, see how we're looking. Yeah, they're going to look good. Yeah, hopefully now, hopefully. It's a good thing Lee's not actually with us today because she, well, I won't say hates BBSs, but she doesn't like RSs, which is a controversial stance on wheels as far as i'm concerned <laughs> how i've lasted 10 years with that woman i don't know yeah well i've i've always had a big a big fanboy of bbs's uh, it's just yeah i think they're just the perfect oem wheel for volkswagens yeah and BMs. it's the fact that you can rebuild them in every yeah. way possible you can imagine even it's a big part the, of the vw scene is rebuilding your B, bbs wheels uh, unfortunately for me anyway is the uh the upsizing recently yeah. that's uh We'll probably cover that later on. Mm, Wider, you, yes. Upsize, no. Not for me. Oh, the dishes, yeah. Uh, uh, the woks. The woks, yes. Looks like you have yeah. something you'd fry your dinner but in. You helped one of our friends, Matt, rebuild his 17s. Yes. He has a set of what's originally Jap Fit 5 by 1, 14.3, 17-inch RSs. I think he, he bought them off TJ. I can't remember the specs of them when he originally built them. Or when he originally bought them, but he built them into seven and a half all round for fitment. He's running wide track on a Mark II with no arches, no front plastic arches, and six pot Tarax brakes. So everything's already a way out, and he was trying to build them back in. So <laughs> I think Quite after, the calculation is yeah, it took us literally like weekends upon weekends of try this on, sit back, look at it, cry a bit. You know, it took so much. It seemed work. to take a, yeah, yeah, and people laugh and say, "Oh, wheels and her wheels and her." Like to do, it sounds like you're bombing and blowing about your own stuff, or well, in this case, even Matt's stuff, but something I was involved in. But to do that took so long, yeah. but it worked so well in the end. It, they ended up being face mounted with zero lips, which is kind of a not the normal look with RSs, it's more into your magnesium stuff, but it just works so well in that car. It's very real retro looking with the small Let me stick bumpers. a picture above it, it just looks oh, yeah, stunning. definitely. Yeah, that's but the work on that was incredible, yeah. Yeah, it's not just as simple as anybody thinks. Before we go on to talk about more modern things with wheels, I think what we'll do with this topic is we'll go back to the roots of BBS. Yeah. BBS itself stands for Baumgartner, Brandt 
and Shiltak. So, what is Baumgartner and Brandt? One of the B's stands for Henrik Baumgartner. The other B is for Klaus Brandt. So they are the two founders of BBS. The and the B. S simply stands for Schiltach, which is a small village in the Black Forest, southwest Germany. So you get your uh, lederhosen on around yep, there. The leather party out. Formed in 1970. These guys, originally in 1970, were making side skirts, body kits, bumpers for Volkswagens and BMW, more so BMW. Not a lot of people back then were making body kits and aftermarket stuff. Yeah, probably a bit of a monopoly in the market then. Yeah, so they got a reputation in the industry for doing that. And then Henry Baumgartner, he started to think, right, we've got the body kits, but the wheels just aren't up to scratch. Yeah. So he went off and started developing wheels to go with these accessories they were building for the cars. So in 1971, they developed the BBS Mal. At that point in the company's history, they were a very small company. They could only produce a set of these, one set a week. So you think of BBS and the size of it in its early days, it was making one set a week. Very exclusive set of wheels. Yeah. And S- back in the 70s, you're not jumping on to Alibaba and contacting yeah. the Chinese and saying, build me a set of wheels. So they soon realized we can't cope with demand here. And they got in touch with the local foundry, which was called Mal. Okay. That's why the wheels called Mal. They're inventive with the names. Yeah. <laughs> Mal was able to produce thousands of sets uh-huh. rather than just one a week. Well, I don't know if it's a thousand a week, but they produced thousands for them. So if you look at early BBS wheels, they'll have a Mal stamp on them. That's right, yeah. And that's because of the foundry. Where they came from. Where they were where they came from. The Mal was a smash hit. Things got started to escalate for BBS then, 1971. BMW approached BBS and they wanted to put Mal as standard on the E12 5 Series. And that really launched the platform for bbs yeah that's a big step up for a basically a nobody company or a, a small company for yeah. a, an oem to come to them and say yeah. we want your wheels in our cars as standard that year was just a big year most of the years were in the as i'll describe here so in the tail end of 1972 ford racing approached them to build wheels for them so you can imagine small company southwest of germany ford racing dander into your shop how's it going boys uh built some wheels, wheels for us and they were like, yeah, we'll I'll not do what you make an Please don't. <laughs> German accent. So they started to develop wheels for them. Lightweight wheels. As you know, lower weight wheels means faster cars. Yeah, unsprung weight's a big um, thing. So they originally started developing magnesium titanium wheels, but just far too expensive. And they moved towards developing hollow spoke technology. Yeah. Things really kicked off as the 70s went on. They got more and more more and more involved with motorsport and development of wheels. The body kit side of the company just started to veer off. Yeah, there's actually been a bit of a resurgence in the BBS body kits now in the scene. Yeah, um, absolutely. BM guys and Volkswagen, yeah. Mark 1, Mark 2 are after That retro look, yeah. But if that's starting to tail off, that's obviously why there's a lot more wheels than there is body kits yeah. kicking around. 1975 is another big year for BBS. They were launching the E9 CSL. And do a plug here for a t-shirt. Get your E9 CSL Reload t-shirts designed by 8380 Labs. Yeah, if you want to see these wheels, they're on it. Yep, they're on it. So, yeah, they got the design wheels for the E9 CSL. As things just kicked off, or as, as things progressed with the company, um, there's a French subsidi- subsidiary formed. That's a big word. Too big for me. So, uh, basically, a company formed underneath a company to produce the product. So, sales and just to cope with the production... The French company started producing wheels for them. 
that was their push into car modification and the, just to expand the market basically so they uh-huh. could cope with it while still focusing motorsport which was the was and still is their main yeah. thing yeah 1978 they actually stopped uh, their business links with mal as they had their own processes and were able to cope with production taking everything in-house yeah probably means you can run better quality control and keep costs down as well so as the 70s went on as i say motorsport was a big thing bbs weren't just a supplier they were on track support before bbs was on the scene a lot of teams they weren't running anything special um they were very crude setups and cars but bbs came in and, and changed the field for motorsport teams the wheels they were developing helped with the performance cooling of the brakes and the wheel width on the tire and the grip just meant a far better car on the track yeah you could build your wheels to the car as yeah. opposed to the wheels trying to build the car around the brakes wheels. getting in the way didn't become an issue because they could build them different offsets and yeah and then build your set your inners and outers around that i was doing a bit of research on this obviously in the 70s there wasn't a massive bit of competition about so bbs had a they didn't have a free-for-all but with their research and technology like their main competitor in the 70s was Compomotive or speedline so there wasn't the market wasn't flooded with no not like today where there's a manufacturer in every corner no it's, it's a lot simpler now but as i was saying the bbs they brought on track support um, so if there's any problems, they rectify them straight away. Yeah, I've heard stories before of them being on track, like actually rebuilding the wheels. Yeah. Rip the tire off, stick like the wheel's still hot, strip it down, rebuild it, back on the track again. That, that was particularly important at the end of the 70s when the development of the BBS RS with the three-piece wheel. Yeah. The iconic RS. Da- um, damage a rim, damage an inner, get it swapped out, you're back yeah. on track. I was actually listening to another podcast, middle of last year it was, and they had BBS motorsport america um guys on that's right yeah it was really interesting yeah really really good basically they're on track and if there's any problems at all they're checking over wheels they're changing wheels and taking wheels apart while they're still hot yeah they didn't seal the wheels with sealant they sealed it with a gasket yeah so it doesn't matter about yeah drying there's no drying times straight into it so the three-piece wheel was perfect it helped with offsets uh interchangeable any damage the barrel was damaged it's just the perfect solution to racing. Plus being on site, like down at the track, they're selling more parts. Absolutely. And they're able to cope with demand okay. End of the 70s then. Uh, end of the 70s, the motorsport motor push was in line with the expansion of the company. The expansion continued. More subsidiaries were set up, mainly in America, Italy and Japan. So worldwide expansion. Yeah, worldwide, baby. End of the 70s, seen the introduction of the turbo fans and Porsches latest piece of art the 935 one of my favorite porsches of all time the same boys recently stepped on the turbo fan market as well yeah. the turbo fan was basically an attachment on the rs wheel usually made of magnesium or kevlar so uh-huh. not a cheap option no lightweight and strong and the turbo fan basically done what it said it fanned away heat from the wheel that yeah. done a number of things mainly being to keep the brakes cool yeah and to keep the wheel cool yeah so then be less likely to crack in or damage no brake fade or less brake fade anyway so bbs went from strength to strength then in the 80s both in the motorsport sector and in aftermarket wheels to such an extent in 87 they went public on the stock exchange frankfurt they're actually still known as bbs craft fire technic on the stock exchange look it up you'll find them so you can buy shares in bbs expanded their business interests then say motorsport they moved into f1 dtm indycar most wheels were bbs in the mid 90s 
1981, BBS went to Ferrari. Could you imagine that, Connor? Yeah, straight on the Germans coming to the Italians saying, Here, don't use Speedline, use us. The head guys at Ferrari says, Right, if you can make our wheels 10% lighter, no problem. So, with their technology and their development, they developed the wheel 10% lighter. And over the next few years, they made it lighter still until 1985. Ferrari won the F1 championship, 94, 95, sorry. On BBS wheels. BBS wheels. Celebrate. Benetton made special wheels. You look them up, they're absolutely cake looking. I'd say they are because some of the BBS stuff is questionable at best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the same time, outside motorsport, I think 18 manufacturers ran BBS options of some sort on their production lines. That's crazy, coming from like, what, less than 20 years before it, they're a small company of two yeah. guys working in Germany. I think it's com- set of wheels I th- a week. I think it's a combination of just their development and their, they use motorsport, their advantage. Yeah. Just like car manufacturers would use WRC to sell cars in the 80s, not so much now. Racing Sunday, sell on Monday. Correct. Same yeah, yep. absolutely. BBS were one of the first companies to develop aluminium die forged wheels using a company in japan and still use the same company they develop wheels with them over the years they, they developed forged magnesium racing wheels that's the first company in the world to produce racing magnesium wheels then towards the end of the 90s they basically dominated f1 um, they were working in all sectors of motorsport any avenue of audi bmw or porsche were on bbs wheels yeah all simple factory. as that uh, no, in their motorsport. On their motorsport. Yeah, all their teams run BBS wheels. They're just that good. So the 70s, 80s and 90s were good times for BBS. Sadly then, 2000, one of the former directors, Henrik Baumgartner, died March 1st, age 66, leaving Klaus as the sole director. Things didn't go well, basically, after that. The company then, through the decade of the 2000s, running the financial problems. I'm sure you've heard it, Connor, over the years yeah, they were bankruptcy. Out, yeah, bankruptcy and they've been bought several times. times. In two thousand and seven, they were declared bankrupt. One of the main reasons was the aluminium supply price. Yeah, Chinese, I think, were buying up a lot of metals yeah, and just steels around the world, and just aluminium was up. aluminium was their yeah, raw product. Yep, and it went up. Basically, economics didn't work, and they went bankrupt. They were then bought over by a company called Punch International. Never heard of them before, and had financial difficulties then from two thousand to two thousand and ten. But in that time, they went back to their roots and they took their focus away from aftermarket wheels and refocused on motorsport again. Yeah. Eventually then, 2015, they were bought over by a company called Nice Corp. Nice Corp. So they're now owned by a South Korean company. Sounds like a fake name. As of today, their headquarters are in two places, still in their original headquarters in Shiltak, Germany, but also in Brasselton, Georgia, USA. Design and innovation has always been key in BBS's roots, basically. Um, their hollow spoke technology went up a step in the 2000s. They actually won an uh, award for air inside technology. It was a progression in the hollow chamber technology, Connor. Yeah, not only was the each spoke or the wheel itself a hollow chamber inside it, but it was pressurized. pressurized. That was to compensate for low air volume and low profile tires. Yeah. This meant reduced unspring weight, increased handling and increased fuel efficiency, which is very important for motorsport and strength as well the way you're saying there they actually went back to their roots and focused mainly on motorsport that is what breeds innovation you know yeah. those guys want the latest so just better 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 yeah that, that's that's the thing about bbs if you listen to anybody that's working bbs they never diverge from many designs it's very boring but there's a they, reason for it. they do the same thing but they do it the best yeah it works so well yeah whereas other companies yeah they can make good wheels but 
if you listen to anybody talking from BBS, there's a reason. There's function over form. Yeah. There's a reason they Somet- are the best. Sometimes the form turns out really good, but there's a reason for the function. There's definitely a lot of history involved in it and a lot of innovation yeah. over the years. One of the big things with BBS, I think, is their designs, especially in this country, has been the rep Oh my God. Culture. Yeah. yeah. I think probably about the end of the late 2000s, you're starting to see a lot of the Lenzo reps, do you remember? Yeah. Lenzo yeah. RSs and you know, just like the scourge of the car scene and you can turn around and say yes people have to start somewhere but i don't know i just it's not a meter on rep wheels listen to the guy from bbs america and that other podcast he was actually saying there's nothing they can do after 14 years because the design patent runs out so that's it the only thing they can pull them on is use of logo which is fair enough you can imagine that so he says they let a lot of things fly, but at the end of the day, their product speaks for itself. It's the thing, you can't stop it. You no. know, it's just one of those things that is going to run on. That's the information I was able to pull up about uh, BBS. I hope it didn't bore you too much. I found it quite interesting to look into some of the stuff because, um, as I say, I'm a big BBS fanboy. Yeah, it's good to learn a bit about the history of what people are actually using. Like, the amount of, you go to a Cars and Coffee, you go to a show, and you go to a racetrack, you're going to see them. Yeah. You know, you, there's no escaping them. BBS are the OG and long may it continue. Hopefully so. Um, but as I say, there's lots more wheel manufacturers in the market since 1970. Yeah, but it doesn't seem to have affected them too badly. No. I say they're more focused on motorsport now. So I hope you enjoyed that. I enjoyed researching it and looking into it. Thanks very much, Nigel. So let's move on to our lovely listeners and some of their stories and questions then. Yeah, to, I'm sure there's some interesting up, ones in this. To round up the podcast, I'm sure there'll be nobody taking the piss out of us at all. Oh, definitely not. No, we'll, no. we'll give it back, don't worry. So the first question to come in is from Legend Metal Company. Yeah, good friend Chris over in America. Fantastic welder. He says, what American cars do you guys wish you got over there? I wish we got Mark II Escort's total bucket list car. A man of good taste, looking at Mark II Escort. Expensive taste as well. Mm. So American car, Connor, what are you thinking? Bucket list. Probably, oddly for me, probably something more modern. One of the, like the Dodge Hellcat, something like that. I was just sitting thinking Hellcat in yeah. my head there. <laughs> something absolutely ridiculous, so a lot of power, makes a lot of noise. Yeah. The only, the only thing is, I hired out a Challenger. I hired out a lower spec version of that car three years ago. The AR Doug. Really? Oh. <laughs> it's, they're, they're built terribly. What would they be built in regards to? Like, would it be... A Skoda, a Japanese car, like a Subaru. It'd be like a... It's just the interiors. Everything's... You're just sitting there going, why? Are they plasticky? Yeah, this oh, is a plastic is. That's horrible. Uh, Getting into some modern cars, my Mark III is built better than them inside. Yeah. That's, I think it's the turnover of cars in America. People change their cars a lot more often, so the manufacturers have adjusted. Well, I don't know if they've adjusted, but just the turnover of cars, they're going, why? Don't put the money into the car. Because they're going to change it in three years. Now. Yeah, it's recycled in three to five years. Yeah, I think a lot of modern Longe- cars. Like that. The longevity of a car isn't as long anymore. Yeah, it's not so a thing. So they don't put the money into the car. European cars are starting to go that way too. Like you know, realistically, though, seven or eight hundred horsepower. Do you <laughs> who, care? Who, who gives a shit? No, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, Hellcat. Uh, I would be more swung towards an old school car. I'd be more swung to, towards the elder car that's gone sixty seconds. Yeah, stuff like that's nice to look at. But TT five hundred. I know. I don't. I don't know much about them. That's the problem. Yeah. But the modern stuff, that's just like, yeah, I'll have some of that. We do not know anything about American cars. We know fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> to summarize, Chris, uh, me and Connor know sweet fa about American cars. So sorry for insulting your nation, your cars, and uh, 
Thanks well, for the question. Modern. <laughs> so next question then is from Tommy Joe Carl, TJ. And he's questioned, he's talking, talking to himself. Yep. Yeah. Uh, will TJ's Jetta make it to Dubshed this year? Well, I think there's only two people that know the answer to that question. Okay. Him and his wife. This is true. <laughs> is he allowed out? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't say that, TJ, but you know. <laughs> ah, well. TJ gives me plenty of abuse. So I'll give him some. <laughs> I hope it does because I love that car. I would like to see it there, yes. Yeah. But realistically, we won't. Well, if it's anything like anything I own, we probably won't anyway. <laughs> uh, next question then. Go ahead, Connor. We have SAR underscore Backyard Industries underscore Dirty Habits. And I've never actually asked him. Shout out, SAR. Thanks for the first question. Yeah, I don't good to, good to hear from what you. his dirty habits are, but it's oh, up to himself. He says, Our water are both, I'm both, pure old school Vag. Mark II is my favorite car all time, despite perceptions. Which I'm actually shocked at because I thought Zara was a, a cool guy through and through. Uh, I had an inkling he had a wee bit of water pumping in his veins. Yeah, no, it's for, for me, it's definitely air. Or, ugh, what is going on? <laughs> for me, it's definitely water. Um, the air cool stuff I like to look at, I know a bit about it because we used to butcher them to build trikes, cut them in half and use the back end of them for building the trikes. But for the actual cars themselves, I'm not really fussed on how they drive and I don't, I don't see the appeal of them. As much as I like manual I, steering, you know, manual brakes, I'm very old school in that regard. It's just something that does not do it for me. I see air-cooled as just visually beautiful. Yeah. But water-cooled, it's about the driving of them. Yeah. And it's not even a generational thing because I think Zara's probably your age, is he? I wouldn't have the exact details well, of that, so, but I would say he's probably kicking around it. Yeah, he's somewhere between me and 21 you, or 22 probably. Of yeah, course, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's not to say that he grew up with these or maybe maybe he did grow up with these, you know, and that's maybe where his affiliation comes with yeah. it from. But for me, the only thing I ever seen them good for was cutting in half to build into trikes, oh, which I'm sure he loved. That's damn it, damn <laughs> I grew up, uh, when I was a teenager, I was big in the McGulfs, but I used to always buy the Beetle magazine. I forget what you call it, but I used to think, I want a Beetle, I want a Beetle. And then, I think it was about 18, and my mate, I'm sorry, it wasn't my mate, it was a friend of my mate had a Beetle, and I got a drive in it, and I just went, what is this? Oh dear, this is... <laughs> funny, it's actually something I can't even picture you in either. Yeah, it'd be funny, all right. Head hanging out the window because I can't fit in. Like that guy in um, the Simpsons, folded up into the car. Yeah, I absolutely see the Peely air cool, but water cooled all day for me, but nothing... Nothing's better than going to a show and seeing loads of air-cooled stuff about. Oh, yeah. And I actually like the mix. I know there's kind of a distinct difference between the camps and they don't always get on. And I think that's actually where Dubshed breaks kind of the rules, so to speak, is that it accepts both. Yeah. You know, you go to an air-cooled show, a lot of them don't like water-cooled and vice versa. Yeah, I've, I've noticed there's, there is an issue there sometimes. Like. There's definitely a bit of a Click. one-upmanship on it. <laughs> So the next question then comes from Gethin underscore GTI and I. Don't know who that guy is. Don't know. Oh, sounds like a weirdo. And he says, when is Dubshed and how do I enter my car? And if I hear that one more time, I'm going to smash my head off the wall. I wake up in the middle of the night. And there's messages. The funniest thing is people send messages to the Dubshed page. To send a message, you go through the actual Facebook page, which has the website link. Yeah. And if you flick Spend three seconds, you can find all the details. Yeah, it actually, it's, I think it's, it's just laziness. It says, it actually says on the Facebook page, yeah. you go on to it, you, you, the blinkers the are dates, on. The you dates, don't care. Times. You're like, where's the button, the methods? 
and you're like, oh my God, look at this stuff. You actually walked, well, essentially walked through the internet, passed it, and just didn't even look at it. I think people that send questions like that, their mummy brings them the cornflakes to bed in the morning. They're just too lazy. Yes, they're everything's handed <laughs> to them, and they should be put down. So to yep. summarize that, summarize. when is Dubshed? 4th and 5th of April. How do you enter a car? Through the door. www.dubshed.com Follow the link. It's so simple. Dead easy, dead easy. So we'll leave that there before we get angry. Uh, Next question. Next couple of questions is from our good friend Ronan Hickey. Ronan underscore H21. Connor, will Otis make it to any show in 2020? That's your Mark three that you're building. Yes, go ahead, Connor. No. That's That's simple as that. Um... Long Road to China. Long Road to China. I haven't touched it On from... a scrap boat of rust. Oh, <laughs> say nothing. Um, I will literally say nothing about rust with that car. But actually would have been only November time. I took pleurisy and couldn't leave the house for two weeks and then started to rip the bathroom out of the house because I couldn't leave the house for two weeks. Then I got cabin fever and thought this would be smart to do. And it's just annihilated at any time I had to work at the car so it's not it'll not make dub shed and if it makes anything in 2020 it'll be good going I think adulting just gets in your way of car, oh, tell car me about modification when I, don't, older. I don't even have kids I don't know how people do it with kids it's, <laughs> it amazes me so thanks for the thanks for upsetting me Ronan I've got another question for Ronan Connor there yeah he says one car one racetrack last time you'll ever drive what is it Porsche fanboy um, 911 GT3 RS Laguna Sega. That's a good one. I like that. Everybody would say Nürburgring, would they? Probably, yeah. Do you know what stuck with me is the Top Gear episode where Clarkson done the PlayStation Laguna Sega lap. I've always... That has stuck with me when people talk about racetracks and they think, yeah, you could practice on this, practice this. I mean, when you actually get to the racetrack, it's totally different. Yeah, Um, yeah, he said that... I can't remember the actual name of the corner on Laguna Seca. It's another corkscrew, no? Maybe it is a corkscrew. It was. There's no corkscrew on uh, Nurburgring, is there? There's the carousel. Ah, that's it. Yeah. Um. So the and the corkscrews you say is the, the elevation, elevation change. Yeah. And it, the sheer drop on it. And I've seen Chris Cluel has been doing photographs at it, and he's standing at the bottom photographing the cars coming out over the hill. And when you have a bit of perspective of you know the size of a car on the hill, it's just it's crazy the drop. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it must be tens of meters. I've, pl- I've played it a, a few times on uh, games consoles, like, and I just think GT3 RS, it's the precision tool for a track. I genuinely, track. I genuinely don't know what track it would be, but I would pick an R32 Mark IV. Really? Yeah. They're not overly quick. They sound nice, and they just... I love the handling of them. Yeah, they're all so, rails. Yeah, and there's probably out people out there screaming, going, oh, they're shit boxes." but no. For, <laughs> for me, if it's the last drive, I'm listening to VR6. Four motion for life, Connor. Yep. Okay, Ben Emerson. Shout out, Ben. Uh, ben underscore E underscore Merson. Favourite car cleaning product of all time, Connor? That's easy. And it's the Lazy Man's tool. It's Maguire's Purple Tire Shine. I think it's actually Maguire's Endurance High Gloss or something it's called. Endurance Gel. But I just call it Maguire's Purple yeah. because it's bright purple and it makes things shiny. But it's so good. One night about 10 years ago, it smells so good. I don't know what the smell of it is, but it smells sweet. And we were all drinking heavily one night and someone produced a bottle of it and we decided we'd taste it and see does it taste like it smells. And it definitely doesn't. And I, your I, silence I, says a lot. <laughs> I could see you in a different life drinking 
methylated spirits. Yeah, I don't <laughs> drink very often, but when I drink, it tends to go wrong. Uh, cleaning products for me. If you'd asked me 20 years ago, I'm an OG Autoglim Super Resin Polish. That's Lee's. If Lee was that, here, she that was the OG. That. It was the all-in-one product for finishing your car. It had a bit of cutting agent on it. It had a bit of polish. Polish left it beading. Left it beading. That was the OG back in the day. But things have moved on. And actually, nice to use. Yeah, simple to use. Yeah, I I don't know what my favorite cleaning product is at the moment. Probably snow foam. Snow foam for me with car with show cars there just. It's that added protection when you wash a car. Or not protection, but, you know. Yeah, you're not damaging it. Yeah. Less hands-on with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, snow foam. I think snow probably. foam wouldn't be mine because I haven't washed the Bora from, <laughs> I think it's October. It's now I would do my February. Opinion. Yeah, it's fine. If I haven't washed my daily in a week, I just. How would you have nice dailies? You have a nice daily too. Calm yourself. Have you not seen the state of it, Lute? Needs washed. Damn. Of course, it's not nice. It needs washed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a circle there. The loop continues. Uh, another question from Ben. Will Nigel ever own another RS6? Unless I win a lottery. No. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I had a C5 RS6 for probably a year. I had my friend's 2015 RS6 for a week. He needed me to do a job and he let me in for a week. And then I drove Carl's 700 brake RS6. Mm-hmm. As a technological achievement, they are awesome, awesome machines. Oh, they're phenomenal. Just the power is awesome and fantastic. But I just think it's just that slight detachment from the actual feel of driving. The rawness isn't there because technology has taken over that step a bit too much. Yeah. You know, and they're a heavy car as well. You it's know, two ton for an RS6, no matter what way you look at it. Yeah. Something a bit lighter, there's more direct steering input and things on it. But there's no denying that it's still a fast car. I'm not the best driver in the world by a long way. I describe them as a static caravan with a rocket strapped to the back of them. Yeah. Oh, well, now, they do, they do handle, I'm talking about my old RS6 now, the newer one's definitely a much improvement. It's just that it's just that engagement with the road and the car. I, I just, as I say, it's just, I just feel a bit detached. And you always had a bit of a niggling worry, hadn't you? Oh, everything's just money. And what was the main one with yours you were worried about? Gearbox. Yep. I have something I haven't actually said to you before about that car. I was showing a guy in work, your old RS6, and he was like, oh, that's class. My friend had one of those. And he's looked at it and he went, I think that was my friend's old car. FFZ it was. FFZ. He thinks that this is your old car, which had a replacement gearbox before it was traded in to Honda. Is that right? Yeah. So that thing. That's correct. Was in Dublin impounded for illegal parking for a year the guy paid to get it out the gearbox broke he paid something like three grand or more to refurbish the gearbox is that right it's the uh torque converter in them the part itself's only 500 pound it's the labor involved because everything has to come out engine gearbox subframe and he traded it in for some i can't the guy in work told me what it was some honda and he just traded in, and this is where you got it from. So, so that, your your so worries were unfounded because it was it, a fresh gearbox. It was a fresh gearbox. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> so I never actually. Told, I meant to tell you that. No, a lot of things that worried me were the two and a half grand brakes, yeah. thousand pound alternator that failed all the time, um, <laughs> turbos. Turbos apparently go on them just at the flick of a switch, and they were basically two and a half grand each. Oh, fantastic two and a half grand, sorry. So you know, gearbox was an issue, but it wasn't the only issue. I can see the appeal of it. <laughs> I think doing an RS6, you need to have substantial wealth behind you. I think a lot of the older performance cars go that way, even down to like Civic Type R's and Subarus. 
they're not massively expensive, but they need more maintenance and more expensive parts than your average car. And they get down to the point where they're cheaper to buy. You can buy one for two or three grand, maybe even less. People buy them and don't realize that those still run on costs are still the same. Yeah. Still costs the same to maintain a car, no matter how much you pay for it. Yeah. And they just run them into the ground. Yeah. Where, as you, just, you say, you find that you can afford to buy an RS6, but can you run it? Because it's still the same costs. Uh, who was it done one recently? Was it, it wasn't Carfax? And done a video basically driving new, the brand new RS6 to somewhere across the Channel Tunnel. And he brought it to spec sheet. The latest RS6. Basic with no options which probably nobody will sell yeah is ninety thousand. the rs6 they were driving on that trip was a hundred and thirty three thousand pounds and you could probably spec it higher if you wanted yeah that's just insane yeah really. that's more than my house so uh no i won't be having an rs6 hmm? soon yeah. i'm more likely to have a golf or a wagon oh yes please buy my edition 30 worst clock <laughs> <laughs> hold the press just got a question in well live on air when is the show on Oh my god, actually. I'm not even joking, it just came in. When's the show on? Tell when them it's is not. the show on? Tell them it's cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> We've cancelled because of idiots. That's spooky. That is, uh, no, that's not spooky. That is <laughs> stupid. Uh, next question is from Chris McNichol, Chris McC212. If you had to drive someone else's build, whose would it be? Probably Gethin's Mark Three, 24 valve conversion. The turbo one? Turbo. Yeah. I've got a few runs in it, but I would actually like to drive it just to experience it just 500 brake insane and, machine yeah and a mark 3 yeah yeah that that would be interesting i don't know what i would drive um carl's rs4 that you talked or rs6 sorry you talked about earlier definitely experience yeah if i want to fill my trunks that would be the one to go for probably my mark one as well 40 brake of pure horsepower oh yeah well i have driven it i don't oh, have a smile sorry. on my face <laughs> yeah i took it to the titanic dubs and yeah. enjoyed every moment of it fantastic i'm an easy man to please 40 horsepower, 740 horsepower. As long as it puts a smile on your face. Yep, that's what I'm all about. Yeah. Another one we have in here is from Adam Buchanan. He says, With the insane performance of new electric cars, like the Model 3 performance, which does not to 60 in 3.2 seconds. Insane. Yeah, that, that is actually incredible. Do performance petrol engine cars have much of a future? For example, the Model 3 performance edition is cheaper to buy than an M3, cheaper to run, and it's faster. Good question. Yeah, I like this sort of question because it gets you thinking. Yeah. Plus it um, also pokes me about electric cars. I still think electric cars are a in-between before hydrogen's introduced. You reckon, yeah? Yeah. I think it's a middle ground until they get hydrogen sorted out. Yeah, I only learned recently that hydrogen cars don't actually burn the hydrogen. They create electric power to run the electric car. Wow. Do you know that? Technology. So you still have... A hydrogen car is still an electric car. You just have an onboard power source. If you don't, you don't actually charge the car up. So it's hydrogen electric. Hydrogen makes electric, which makes it run. There you go. So yeah, I'd like to say I knew that already, but I didn't have a clue. I I I can't remember where. I've probably seen it on YouTube. YouTube, YouTube has all the podcasts or something. But yeah, that I was like, what? Where did that come from? So yeah, um, you're back into the hydrogen stuff. You're not going to have any sound or anything that I argue is yeah. still the soul of the car. It's starting to creep into the supermarkets there. Cars pulling away. It's just oh, I well, I said before with that, and I used to work out in the roads as well, uh, not as a prostitute. The <laughs> random, the random. <laughs> the amount of times I've nearly been knocked down by electric cars yeah. for not paying attention in car parks is crazy. 
I think now the big thing is they're starting to make them make sound. I put drive noises in. Yeah, the Porsche Taycan sounds a bit like a TIE fighter, which is really cool. Awesome. Yeah, but we're, we're off in a bit of a tangent here. Yeah. For me, personally, on that one, I think they'll, well, provided they don't get completely outlawed, I think there'll always be a place for it because the car replaced the horse. People still have horses. Yeah. And again, throwing back to that last question there, you said about where I said 40 horsepower or 740 horsepower, I'm happy. Speed and horsepower aren't everything. There's an experience that people ride horses because you could go and ride a motorbike and get a similar sort of thrill, yeah. but it's still a horse. You know, it's a living animal. It, I think I think there's a big push by manufacturers about not the 60 time, and that that's not important. Not the 60 for me never was important. How, how many times do you go not the 60? Yeah. It's... 30, 40 to 80, 100, you know, it's, well, if you're on the track, upwards of that. I think the charging infrastructure needs to be in place. They really need to sort the development of batteries out. The range uh, seems to be a major issue still. Yeah, Um, your car can be fast, but if you can't drive it. On the topic of batteries, I happen to be talking to Gavin, who's John Deere salesman, and he was, I happen to bring up the subject of electric cars and tractors. Uh Uh-huh, electric Um, motors and tractors. Sorry, electric and tractors. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the whole electric power. They're developing the electric drive in the John Deere's, and he says they're years away. They had a, this project's been 10 years now, and they're up to half an hour in driving time in the tractor. Half an hour, yeah. Like, you think of the guys that are doing contracting, lifting grass. 18 hours a day. Yeah. That's going to be an interesting one. I was thinking about this. To, to apply that, well, Elon, Elon Musk's in the case, because he is bringing a lorry out. I think the only way, because battery power is decades behind, I think the only way they'll make that work at the minute is interchangeable batteries. So just in the same way you pull up to a petrol station and put fuel in a vehicle, you'll remove your battery and they'll put a new battery in. Yeah, well, that's how you, I recently done forklift license and that's what we're saying about guys doing shift work. Uh, the removable packs that you just, yeah. fork, you just like crane it out, drop it in. But I mean, if you're getting half an hour's driving time in a tractor... So they're a long way off. Yeah, it's definitely and like getting he's big into John Deere's and he's he know he'll know what's happening with them. Like he so I'd, I would take his word as gospel yeah. on that. That's a long, long way away. So that shows you how far they are away. There's a future, how long that future electric cars will be. As Jay Leno said a couple of years ago in a video, embrace the electric revolution because the more we embrace it, the more we get to keep our pedal cars. Yeah. I see so yeah. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I know like exactly that? what it's saying, but I don't like it. I don't want, I don't like change. Change is always good color. No, it's not. Not at all. <laughs> um, yeah, I was the not the six, or sorry, the top end in the Model 3 performance is 155 miles an hour. I think, I think a recent point of interest with the Tesla is versus the Taycan, the Tesla battery overheats, reduces it, the performance of it, then it reduces the performance. It's very important to cool it down. And the Porsche nerds will shout at the t- these videos of Tesla versus Taycan. The Taycan can do it consistently. Where the, uh, the Tesla will overheat eventually. Yeah. If you do consistent runs on it. It's on quarter mile runs again and again and again. The Taycan was bang, bang, bang. Same time, same time. Whereas the Tesla was doing 11 quarter mile, then doing a 15. Mm-hmm. If it cooled down, it was a 12. That's interesting because you would imagine the Tesla would be ahead of them on the batteries. You would think that they, are the, they have the tech for it. They've been well, years ahead of it. Porsche have been developed their electric for well over 10 years now. Yeah. And they aren't going to come out with their pants down. No, I suppose you're not, yeah. They've stepped up and you can only see Porsche just going all out. And let's face it, Porsche are part of the VAG group, so 
Volkswagen the, will be the big backing. The ID range will start to kick off. Don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> no more V6 four motions for you, Connor. No, polluting, <laughs> killing the world. I think it's very subjective. It depends what you want out of the car. For me personally, speed and horsepower isn't a big thing. I have a motorbike. If I want to go fast, I'll jump on that. Yeah, and it'll probably be quicker than most cars I have anyway. For something I want to enjoy. Now saying that I haven't driven an electric car and I really do want to because the more I talk about it, the more I think I really should get a drive out. Yeah, drive in it and see what I'm talking shit about essentially. But for me, it's the smell. Like I, I stick carburetors and fuel injected engines. You know, I like the smell of fuel. I like the sound of the cars. I like something that is mechanical. And for me, that's not my thing. Even at home life, I buy stuff that, and without going down the hipster route of trying to go out of my way and make my life hell for the look of something on Instagram, I. I'm not big into technology things. I'm not big into like having the latest thing. So it's not something that really appeals to me. Yeah. But I would love to drive. I'll definitely, I'll have to drive that. So stay tuned for a reload test drive. Yeah. Of a Volkswagen. Yeah. Hopefully <laughs> we can get our hands on any manufacturer out there. We'll actually let us yeah. set our ass into something electric. Yeah. It's unfair if it's a comment when we haven't driven yeah. an electric vehicle. I'm happily, and most people will tell you I'm usually not, I'm happy to be proved wrong. If yeah. it's good, it's good, but I just doesn't seem like it's for me. Yeah, expansive subject, but with only so much time. I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot. So <laughs> thanks it, for that one, Adam. It's in the news every week, and it'll probably continue to. Yeah, it's not going to leave. No. It, it will. You get bombarded with it. When all the manufacturers are throwing their money behind it, it's not going away anytime soon. Oh no, they're they're not investing they're money in for, for no term. reason. So moving on, we actually have a few messages in from our co-host Lee. She's away getting stabbed in the leg and ink rubbed into it. So couldn't be with us today, but she's actually sent in a few questions and a statement here. So the first question is, seeing that she knows we're talking about BBSs today, says, what are your favorite wheels of all time, OE or aftermarket? You can have, you can each pick top three, but you can't pick RSs. How you're raging. This is a tricky one, Connor. Um, I'll just bat it out. Uh, before I forget, probably as FA, that's an iconic wheel for me from oh, the 90s yeah. proper I old just, school proper volkswagen early bmw wheel that just suits it to a t yeah basic five spoke classic design looks great and everything yeah they actually do um, you had a set on your cab yep cabriolet a couple of mark twos had a mark four we had teenage other phase on at one stage michael Hughes had some on the the bora the bora as well Fantastic. Fantastic. really good looking car stefan might have ruined that if he's listening another wheel ac snitzer yeah just fantastic wheel. You're dipping into the BMW territory here. It's getting dangerous. It's getting dangerous. I've actually secret BMW fanboy. Um, great design. It's that split rim. Just great looking wheel. Another wheel. Oh, Zed Pegasus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be biased because you no, have a set there, no? No. Just a different design, but works so well. Yeah, they're actually a really, really nice wheel. That's three Facebook wheels I've just picked there, Connor. Then Facebook is a classic design. So that's three Facebook wheels I've just picked there, Connor. So that's me, Connor. Time for you to dip your toes in the water. Yeah, giving you a bit of abuse there about the, the BMW wheels. The old M5 throwing stars. Yes. I love those. Oh, fantastic. You ever seen them with a cover off them? Yeah. The center spokes is a, is a cover, and I didn't know this for years, and then I seen it and went, what the hell is that? Definitely one of my all-time favorite wheels. 
especially on a I've seen them a few times on an E36 Touring yeah. and they look really really good just I don't know why it is on that car but it just suits the line so it's well it's a conversion isn't it it's a different stud pattern I think for the 5 Series into the 3 Series it could be I'm not sure I think there's something about it or it's the offset or something I have no idea not a BMW <laughs> guy but I think there's something about 5 Series but and 3 Series wheels they do look good HCN Ren Sports small back from my polo days yes um, 13s 14s multi-spoke kind of like an like onto the same sort of vibe as like a Schmidt TH line that sort of thing lots of yeah. wee windows around them solid looking wheel lovely yeah real kind of motorsport vibe off them and the <coughs> last one is Tracer Tech 1s which is kind of dipping my toe into the Japanese side of things five spoke a lot of dish split rims you can get them in a single piece as well and I don't just, think I've ever seen them no they're they're so nice let's take a picture up again yeah. and follow up one of our listeners, Ian K, I think he ran a set or something similar to it on his Mark IV back in the day. Clark has either a set or again something similar on his new S14 that he's putting together. Yeah, I love that style of wheel and just suits. And I've seen them on Mark Sevens and I've seen them on old school Jap stuff and it just kind of works on everything. I think that's the key to if you know you have a good looking wheel if it if it's a universal thing. Yeah. Oh, and another one from Lee. Preemptive comment from me because I know. Because I'm sure I know what Connor has said, and I actually have said this, is I don't hate RSs. I just have a specific criteria under which I like them. Right. So that's maybe why I've stayed with her in the end. Um, <laughs> oh, I still think she hates them. Well, we'll have her on next. We'll ask her why she hates them so yeah, much. Yeah, she probably is. Probably like me with electric cars. There's no real reason. Maybe <laughs> burned from reps, is it? It could be. And then the last one from Lee is, fuck, Mari kill. Fuck one night stand slash weekend car. You may drive occasionally, but will be a bit of a basket case. Mari, daily driver, will drive every day for the rest of your life. Kill. All of these cars will be scrapped, removed from the face of the earth. I will never be drive one again. This week's cars, Mark 1, Mark 2, Mark 3 Golf. So what are you ridden the earth of? What are you driving every day? What are you having as your weekend car, essentially? Out of Mark 1, Mark 2, Mark 3. That's easy. I know it will be for you, and... We will disagree on this. It's pretty easy for me. The daily driver, Mari, would be the Mark II. Fuck one night stand would be the Mark One, And Kill would be the Mark Three. Yeah, Connor, thoughts? Thoughts? Yeah, I'm sure everyone knows my <laughs> thoughts on that. For me, I'm actually going to agree with you on the fuck cars, the Mark One. I do enjoy a good Mark One. Yeah. The Kill for me, definitely Mark Two. Well, when I say definitely, out of that list, definitely. But I do love my Mark Twos. And Mari's my Mark Three, because I love them. You love them. I do. Is it because you have to spend so much time with them, fix them? I think it is. <laughs> Although one of the criteria is a bit of a basket case, so that could be my Mark Three as well. Yeah, could be all right. Could be all right. So thanks very much, Lee. Great questions. Yep. Hope, uh, hope, uh, hope your leg's not sore getting tattooed. <laughs> <laughs> Almost to the end. Then we have Gobsheen, who's Nalo Kane. He says, "What's the first mod you do to any car?" And a bit like in episode one or two, we talked about our favourite mod. For me, definitely lowering. Yeah, suspension yeah. every time. Yes, done deal. You can't drive the car hard. No. I see people put wheels on before lowering and you're like... What Closely followed by tyres, stroke wheels. Yeah, and in your case, probably a remap. Yeah. I don't yeah. own anything <laughs> recent enough that would benefit from a remap. I don't think I've had a car where I haven't remapped it. That's like me with lowering. So, yep, lowering for me. Cheers for the question. And last but not least, we have Buster Conrad. And he says... He's seen, he's seen Nigel's Instagram story of me arriving today. He says, 
Looks like Connor arrived in a Mark IV. How many times did it break down on the way over? And has the check engine light burnt out yet? <laughs> and I would like to say that the check engine light has been on because the exhaust broke and it's affecting the rear O2 sensor. So the man is not wrong. He preempted it. Yes. Nice one. <laughs> it needs a top mount. It needs an exhaust. And on the way here, that previous time, it ripped the tire off. So he's probably in the right ballpark for that car. <laughs> Funny when you mention engine management lights. I was doing a charity car wash this morning and there was a customer came up in a mark one tt it's a mark four golf and drag yeah and it had three lights on the dash and one of them was engine management of course yeah people joke about it and you say oh it's not it's not but yeah it, it's a di- the difference of an engine management light in a volkswagen is it's usually not terminal yeah and it also keeps driving yeah i have tested that theory for a while now yeah absolutely it doesn't affect it it's like an, <laughs> it's an added character to the car so yes, that's that's us finished with the questions for this episode. Yeah, thanks very much, guys. The yeah. questions this week, really appreciate we did, them. We didn't give you much time, but you stepped up big stepped time up, there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, some great ones. Just like to mention that our podcast is supported once again by Reload Global. Head over to the website Reload Global and check out some of the retro motorsport clothes and accessories. And we're pleased to announce that we have a discount for all podcast listeners. If you just enter at checkout, the code PODCAST15 gets you 15% off your order. Yeah, so head over to the website, check out our stuff. Some real cool stuff from the 80s and 90s motorsport. Designs are mainly done by 8380 Labs in America. Would really appreciate your support. So thanks again, guys, for all your questions. That wraps up this week's podcast, Connor. Yeah, I think we've talked on long enough for that. Yeah, my mouth's getting sore here. Hi, my ears are getting sore. Thanks very much for listening. We appreciate the feedback. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Or anywhere else that you do listen to us yeah. to. iTunes is the one to do, but we'll take it anywhere. Remember to follow us on Instagram, Facebook. I am at Connor McCann. You are at VDubboy. And collectively, we are at Relo Podcast. So thanks very much, guys. See you next time. Yep. Thanks very much. Bye. 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 Bye.